Let's talk politics. Let's talk emotion. Let's talk about other movies we've seen. Let's talk about popularity. Let's talk about this baseball. Let's talk solutions. Come on, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Let's Talk, a podcast designed to promote and facilitate conversations for a better world. If you're listening for the first time, first of all, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Um, my name is Ryan Wangman. I am a 22-year-old writer and journalist from Chicago, Illinois. And today I have a very a very special guest with me. As, as we inch closer and closer to election season in November, efforts to mobilize voters across the country are ramping up. Now, there are a lot of important nonprofits trying to build coalitions of voters across the political spectrum. And I wanted to take the time, the time today to spotlight one of those organizations, Salsa the Vote, a New Jersey-based nonprofit organization dedicated to building the political power of Hispanic people. I'm joined today by two folks from Salsa the Vote, David Traugott and Rodrigo Diaz, social media interns for the organization. Thank you both for being with me. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us as well, Ryan. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and again, thank you for coming on. I want to talk first about your founder, um, John Gunji Rivera, who's truly done a wide variety of things in his career, including working as a DJ, a music industry executive, and of course, this initiative to give back to the community and youth. So for people who haven't heard of Salsa the Vote, what can you tell them about the reasoning behind the creation of this group, as well as the efforts that are already underway for this fall? So um, our founder, John Gunji Rivera, um, by the end of the 1990s, he owned a couple nightclubs in New York City, um, especially a- a- among Latino people. And I believe he was approached during a party by um, a member of Rock the Vote. And he su- suggested, or he's, he was like, you have a lot of um, leverage among the Latino population. Why don't you use your voice in the city to get out and um, politically mobilize them? Um, so he started Salsa the Vote in the late 1990s. And in one year, we don't know which year, uh, he managed to register over 50,000 people. Um, but it kind of fell out of relevance because his son died from a, a rare brainstem tumor. So he started another foundation to combat that. Um, but because I think we all think we're at a crossroads and this is such an important election, uh, he revitalized it, and that's why we're here. Definitely. And to piggyback on what he was, um, he just mentioned, when I first joined Salsa the Vote, John Gunji Rivera reached out to me to get a little bit to know about me, and he recalled a time that he was at a concert, um, and Russell Simmons actually approached him and encouraged him to educate the Latinx community because he already um, has a prominence within the NYC city club scenes, as well as owning a couple nightclubs and um, restaurants. So because of that, he was able to register over 50,000 voters at the time. Now, fast forward to today, with so many adversities that the Latin community is facing, it is now more important than ever that we rally the community and encourage them to get out there and vote. And, you know, for, for those who may not know, but the Latinx community is projected to be the largest minority block of general voters in 2020, which means this community does have potential, the potential to sway the election this year. So for our plans in this fall, we do plan on getting our name out there so people know who Salsa the Vote is, what we do, and, what, and why we do what we do. We're planning on creating different virtual events and collaborations with different organizations. And on top of that, we're also brainstorming different strategies through, through social media to increase our presence. 
So I believe now it's more more important than ever that as a community we unite and work together to reach a goal. Absolutely. And, and, and how has there been, have you really felt that, I guess, kind of the pressure um, with, with there being so little time to vote? I mean, I know you're, you're out there working each and every day, but is there kind of an added sense of urgency, you know, given that there really isn't much time before people have to make these decisions? You can take it, Rodrigo. <laughs> oh, I can go. Yeah. I do believe there is a sense of urgency because we're only about, what, what, what can I say, like maybe four or five months away. So not only do we have to get Salsa the Vote's name out there, but we also need to complete our mission, which is to register voters, regardless of, what the, regardless of the party affiliation. So, yeah, so in a way, we, there, is, there is some pressure. Sure, sure, sure. I think during a normal election cycle, we wouldn't be feeling this kind of urgency. But I think it's so important because the voter registrations were so down in 2016. Um, so I think we're, we're feeling an urgency to mobilize as many people as we can. Um, so that's why we're working every day to do this. Definitely. And, and I agree with you to just uh, this being kind of a crossroads now and, and definitely in conversations that I've had with many people our age, I think, you know, going back to 2016, like we were, you know, like you just mentioned, a common refrain in the lead up to the 2016 election or was, you know, that my vote doesn't matter, at least here in Illinois. I know a lot of people were like, well, we're going to be a blue state anyway. It doesn't matter how I vote. Oh, or people were like, I'm just going to vote third party um, because, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter regardless, you know, what I do. So your organization pushes back on that idea, you know, when you argue, and this is, this is a quote from your website, whatever issues you feel are most important to your daily life, people in office at every level make decisions that affect you. Voting for candidates that align with your values can help take some of your worries away. So how successfully has that message resonated with the people that you have reached out to? Well, first of all, on a personal note, I, I think at least in my lifetime, I've seen the most enthusiasm from our age group um, for an election. Um, on a personal note, my sister, she's going into her sophomore year of college, um, never was that into politics, but she's super f fired up. I, I know all of her friends are. And she actually just went to a protest yesterday in our city. Um, awesome. So, so that's kind of outside. It's also the, the, the vote, I'm not Latino. Um, so that's among the white population, but, um, I work a lot in our Twitter, um, and enthusiasm. So up, I, um, when I just began at Salsa the Vote, we had only 15 Twitter followers and now we're at 530 in wow. or so. Um, and I've had people reaching out to volunteer saying, I, I love your mission. Keep up the great work. So, um, I think enthusiasm's definitely up in our age group, which I guess just makes our job easier. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And then in my experience, I am starting to see that as well, that people are especially, especially in the Latin community, that they're getting more involved in politics. I see it more on Instagram. I've seen so many different organizations that target the community out there. And many have reached out to us to see if we could work together. Not too long ago, I recently did just do a live stream, shout out to My Voice, My Power, where I teamed up with one of their members and we talked and we did a live stream and we talked about different issues that affect communities of color and how we can take steps in combating that. So, so far I've seen that our Instagram page has quickly grown within a span of two months and we're fastly approaching a thousand. So right now we're at 700 and we're hoping to reach a thousand 
probably by the end of the month and nice. reach out to teach as we can before the election. Yeah, and I definitely think that those kind of cross collaborations, those cross promotions are super important because then you get to reach, you know, different audiences and, and, and different people that have different following. So you can kind of amplify the message and, and really kind of work together, which I think should be the goal is just everybody kind of working together to, to push towards that that common message. And, and you know, another really important part of your platform that I found super interesting is is to convince people to convince people why voting matters is the idea that voting is a privilege. So, can you expand on that idea a little bit for the listeners on, on what exactly that means and how reframing voting as a privilege and kind of as a civic duty can can encourage people to take this more seriously? Yeah, when you sent us this question, being a history major um, that I, I just graduated with, um, I immediately reframe the question in a historical lens. Um, so voting is literally a hallmark of Western civilization that has been fought for for literally millennia. Um, it was developed by the ancient Greeks in 500 BC. And um, through Rome and through much of the Middle Ages, there's been a constant struggle between the power of the people and the power of um, monarchs and emperors and people who want all the power for themselves. And you, you even see the, the, the struggle for this um, going back 100 years with World War I and World War II. Millions have died for it. And somehow here we are 2,000 years later after... Um, it, it's been developed and we are lucky enough to live in a powerful country where it's possible in theory um, to have our, our voices heard. That's kind of been under attack lately, um, which is why I think it's important today to really fight for it. And to also piggyback what David just said, I do want to bring up a very important point. And it's the, it's the principle of the fact that at one point in our history, we didn't have that privilege to use our voice. And there are countries to this very day that abolishes rights such as free speech. So mm -hmm. I see it as a miracle that we live in this free country where we are allowed to use our voice and use our platform. So now it is important that we as an organization push that message. And that message is, yes, your vote does matter. Because in this country, power truly belongs to the people and we have the power to choose what type of leader we want to see in the White House. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I forgot to mention um, all the minority groups that have fought for the right to vote for such a, a long time. Um, John Lewis just died and there, there was so much struggle for the right for African Americans to vote, uh, women voting. And, and even at the beginning of the, the country, men who, who didn't own land couldn't vote, you know. So no matter what, what um, racial group you belong to, you know, there's been a long history of struggle for it. I think yeah, it's and I remember that. Definitely. And I think it really is, you know, you look back at history and you remember the sacrifices. And I think it's also like the added, like we've talked, we talked about earlier, the added urgency of we, we, we don't have time to wait anymore, especially, I mean, and if people weren't convinced of that, in 2016, I can't imagine they're not convinced of that now because we've seen we've seen what can happen when when the wrong people are in power, and, and it's it's terrifying. I'll I'll just be honest with you, it's it's terrifying. So that's why I think you know groups like yours are so important because every additional person that you can convince to vote, that's I mean that's great. That's great. That's people engaging in in democracy. Um, 
And, and so this is, this is, I guess, this is me, um, you know, putting words in your mouth. So I hope, I hope that this is, this is true, but you, you both or join this organization, I think, because you, you wholeheartedly believe in its mission. So how has it felt to be a part of this group and really what have you learned in the process? And either of you can go for it. Well, let me, I'll start. So I just want to also, you know, I want to mention that I did, you know, before I discovered Salsa the Vote, when I graduated college two years ago, I somehow experienced how politics can affect our everyday life. So after, shortly after I graduated from college, I did work in a nonprofit that its main mission was to target at-risk MSM individuals and, and, and find a way how to to, um, get them engaged with their services at the time. And I saw how these groups of people were affected. And I saw things such as lack of resources, lack of information, lack of access to quality healthcare. And all that really truly starts from our government. It's how we receive our money to fund these programs and how these money and how this money is distributed. Mm -hmm. So working with this organization at the time taught me how important it is to get involved. And then when I discovered Salsa the Vote, I saw how I saw it. I saw it was like a great, you know, opportunity for me to get involved more into politics, especially more in my community as a member of the Latinx community. And I consider myself lucky to have this experience, especially during this uncertain time and in, and and as we're fastly approaching this very important election. So the mission, I wholeheartedly believe it because. As a member of the Latino community, as I mentioned before, it's just now more important and crucial and what's another word I want to say? <laughs> I just think it's just very important. That's all I say. That yeah. I have to use my voice and this and use this platform to really engage and rally this community up and get them out there to vote. And yeah, and that's what pretty much helps me get up in the morning. Definitely. Mm -hmm. As for me, being a history major and graduating with one, it's such a versatile major. So I faced a lot of choices once I graduated about what I should do with, you know, the rest of, of my life, no big deal or anything. And um, <laughs> um, it, I, after a couple of weeks, I recognized, like, I felt, I feel really strongly about the views that I have. And I felt that politics was the right career path for, for me. Um, and I got so lucky, especially during a pandemic, I found this on indeed.com and I applied and within two weeks I got a remote internship. Um, so eventually I, I want to work in a different field, but this is kind of my, my first experience with political work. And it's so fulfilling to, I, I know for a fact we're reaching tens of thousands of people, um, with awesome. the work that we're doing. Yeah. And um, the feeling of making a difference, I think, <clears throat> is the best part of this job and doing it with such great people. Or the team works like clockwork. We got each other's backs. And um, I really think we're making a difference. And, and just can you ask for for a job right after college, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also want to mention that when you, me when you mentioned that, you know, we are reaching thousands of people. So I truly believe we are reaching thousands of people, regardless of how our social media, ref you know, if, if that reflects that. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really important is that at least we're reaching and we're getting the message out there and allowing people to just think about it and marinate on that. Yeah, I think our. I'm sorry, Ryan. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Um, I think our website developer is planning on making a tool on our website that counts how many people registered to vote with our website 
Awesome. Um, so I, we're excited to, to see if that actually comes into fruition. I don't think that's an easy uh, task, but um, hopefully we have that up soon. Uh, finger, fingers crossed from me on my end. Um, <laughs> and, and I think kind of the question I'd, I'd want to to end with is that, you know, I think we all agree that mobilizing the vote is an important step to ensuring a more representative democracy. And so for the listeners out there, you know, what is one actionable step that you can recommend to them to get started doing this in their own communities? So one thing I would like to, I would like the listeners to take away, take away from is it all starts with your own circle. Talk to your friends, your family members, your acquaintances, Ask them, hey, are you registered to vote? And if you're not comfortable with that, then create a space to have that conversation. Our, you know, our work is primarily done through social media, but I've said it time and time again that nothing beats word of mouth or face-to-face mm. interactions. So take the time, research your candidates, see which ones you resonate with, you know, um, get involved with your community. It all starts with you at the end of the day, because someone once told me that small things make changes. And I believe that couldn't be any further from the truth. Yeah, um, I kind of had the the same thing that Rodrigo had. Um, I would encourage because our country is so polarized right now. And I found it in my personal experience, um, actually talking with people from the other side um, is a great way to break down barriers and to kind of have respect for the other side. Um, and which if you do that on a, on a uh, personal level, um, you know, if you go and talk with someone from the opposite side of the the spectrum and you make a space for a constructive conversation, you know, you recognize that you're not a Democrat or a Republican, but you're both Americans who want what's right for the country. Um, so I start with um, your friends and family who feel differently and get their p- point of view. And I, I just think with a more understanding between the two sides, I think we'd really grow as a country and have um, a country based on compromise, which, which is what the U.S. was founded upon and is, what, is how it should function. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Um, and really, I think that that... That needs to be that needs to be the point. You need it needs to be you know this is this is why I started this podcast to have conversations to to promote these kinds of dialogues and and I think it's it's more important than ever, especially as we look to the run up to this election. Um, again, I want to thank you both for being with me today. Again, if you're listening, go check them out, Salsa the Vote, um, and hopefully by the time you check them out, well, I don't know what the uh, timeline is on that vote tracker, but hopefully sometime in the future you can see that and you can go follow them. I think on Twitter, Instagram, I don't know. Is there any other platforms that, that we can find you on? We're about to create our own TikTok, so stay tuned for that. Um, Which, you know, we have Facebook, um, we have obviously Twitter, Instagram. We're mostly focused at the uh, the moment on Twitter and Instagram, but hopefully we get to expand on beyond social media, such as, you know, merchandising, events, virtual events you know, interacting with other celebrities and hopefully we can, we can create a platform and, you know, empower young voters, especially in the Latinx community. Yep. Yeah, and we're on LinkedIn too, but I don't even think we've uploaded on that in <laughs> a couple of weeks. So don't follow us on that. That's cool. <laughs> don't worry. About yeah. That. 
<laughs> I upload occasionally on LinkedIn, but it, it just feels like LinkedIn and Facebook. It feels like the pace of, of, of how things go. It feels like it takes like a day for anything yeah. to even really happen as opposed to, you know, Twitter and Instagram, you can get a like in, in a minute. Um, but again, yeah, thank you for being with me today. Um, again, that concludes this episode of the podcast and, uh, get out and vote and have a fantastic day. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan.